Good morning, my friend. It is good to talk to you. You haven't heard my voice in about two weeks because I have had a terrible case of some kind of upper respiratory virus. And I know my voice doesn't sound right, but I just wanted to to say hi this morning. I'm going to release what is probably one of my all-time favorite episodes of the podcast. We're doing the Infinitely Happier series again. This is part 12. Um, Please pray for Lisa. Tata and I are already better. I I can actually talk again. Uh, and I'm back to work. I've got brain surgery today. So prayers for us, please, um, that our bodies get us through the work that we need to do. It's, uh, it's been a rough couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm all the way better. I just don't sound normal now. Um, but I just wanted to say hi and tell you that we've been praying for you. And I appreciate the fact that even though we haven't released a new episode in two weeks, the downloads are higher than ever. You guys are, um, supporting, listening, downloading, sharing. And I would just implore you to uh, please share this with your friends. This particular episode is really the crux of why I wrote Hope is the First Dose. It's the crux of all the things I learned in studying suffering and pain that, that led me to write. I've seen the interview. And it will be the beginning of the book, Self-Brain Surgery, that I'm working on now. This is the the real stuff. Um, Cody Karn's song, Christ Be Magnified, I'm going to play at the end because in the bridge of that song, he says a line. That really is the whole thing. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. Listen, friend, the world wants you to think, the church even sometimes wants you to think, or Christians in the church want you to think that happiness is not important, that that you're supposed to just be above all that. And the world wants you to think that happiness is everything. Okay, that all you need to do is please yourself and pursue what makes you feel good. And the truth couldn't be farther from that. But the fact is, Jesus came in John 10, 10. He says, I came that you can have an abundant life. It is important that you learn how to have joy and peace and happiness and that untouchable spirit in spite of the hard things that come along in life. I'm sorry about my voice, but I wanted you to hear me say that in preface to this episode that we're going to go into right now. And at the end of it, after the credits roll out, we're going to have Cody Carnes' song. And I hope to have a brand new episode for you with my normal voice within a couple of days. Uh, we got some great interviews coming up. Um, just two incredible interviews this Friday that you'll be hearing soon. Uh, and then a new series called Hope Talks that'll lead up to the launch of my new book. Um, keep praying for us. We're praying for you. Don't forget the prayer wall. And God bless you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Good morning, my friend. I hope things are going well for you. Today, I want to talk a little bit about why all this matters. We've been talking for several weeks now. In fact, this is the 12th part of the Infinitely Happier series. We've been talking for a while. Um, about it. And I just, I want to reset just a little bit and talk today about why I think it matters so much that we try to learn how to be happier. So today we're going back to the idea of Proverbs seventeen twenty seven and 28, the, the idea of how do you become infinitely happier? And that verse says, can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? That's how you show that you're wise. An understanding heart keeps you cool, calm, and collected no matter what you're facing. Now listen, friends, there's a lot of thing, a lot of things in the world that are making us not cool, calm, and collected. You can turn on the news right now and you can see everybody's on fire, like all kinds of stuff going on. And it may seem like, you know, things are really out of hand. But two things for perspective. One is the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. There's been lots of times in history when there was a lot of unrest. So don't be overly anxious about this time. There's stuff going on. It's going to settle down. Things will get back to some kind of normal and, and our society will be okay. We'll move forward. And all the things that are going on, there's a reason why they're happening. 
And there's a lot of things at play, but you just need to know that God is always in control. He is. He never stops being in control. He's not surprised by the things that are happening, and it's going to be okay. But on an individual basis, there's some things that we need to do to stay okay. And one of those things is to learn how to disconnect circumstance from our emotional state, to disconnect your mood and your affect, how you feel from what you're going through. Because the fact is, you're going to go through hard things, global pandemics, riots, you know, strain and stress and different times when you're unhealthy or healthy or somebody in your family is going through something hard or you have a relationship problem. There's going to be hard things. Jesus promised us that. There in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. He said, I have overcome the world. And that's what I want for you. I want you to get to the place where you can be happy no matter what you're going through, where you can have joy and peace of mind and stay cool, calm, and collected no matter what you're facing. There's another verse in Proverbs 15:15, and that's what I want to talk about today in a little bit. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. I'll read that again. For the despondent, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. And here's the, here's the deal. You get to decide whether you're despondent, whether every day brings some sort of trouble, or you're always offended by something, you're always strained and stressed, or you can be happy. And this isn't a Pollyanna sort of just pretending like everything's okay. That's not what I'm getting at with this infinitely happier idea. That is not what I'm getting at. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. He also said in John 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So the same Jesus that said you're going to have trouble in this world also said that you can have abundant life at the same time. You can be at peace and you can feel happy in your heart even when you're going through hard things. And that is a better life than what Proverbs fifteen fifteen is talking about. For the despondent, every day brings, brings trouble. And so you get to choose, my friend. And that choosing is part of self-brain surgery. There's a line that I want you to remember. We're going to talk about it later today. But if you're focused on what's happening to you, you'll never see what God is trying to do through you. If you're focused on what's happening to you, you can't see what God is trying to do through you. This morning, we're going to talk about why it matters so much to me that you learn how to be happy. This morning, we're going to talk about why it matters so much to me that you learn to be happy. We're going to get real, we're going to go deep, and we're going to learn how to change our minds, and we're going to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done. If you'd like the show, 
please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. I actually told this story in my newsletter uh, yesterday. So it's a story that I shared with my newsletter subscribers. I'm going to share it with you. And the idea to go back in time and remember some stuff, I had an interesting experience on Friday of, of this past week. And I just want to share it with you. I was uh, I decided to go for a run. We've been in the move. And so our treadmill's packed up. We still don't have it put back together. We've been living in, you know, before we moved into the house a week ago yesterday, actually a week ago Saturday, um, we lived in hotels for about three weeks while we were on the road. And because of COVID, all the hotel gyms are closed. And so I've been out of my, my normal routine, haven't worked out, haven't run, haven't done anything, you know, active in about three weeks, four weeks. And I was really starting to feel, um, my friend Daniel Amon calls it the COVID-15 um, he was saying people are, you know, during the, the COVID pandemic, people are out of their routines and they were working out and they were eating more and they were home more. So they were ordering, you know, DoorDash and all that sort of thing. So people were gaining weight and getting out of shape. And even though they had more time on their hands, they weren't using it to stay active. And we were in this weird little time where we were on the road and the gyms weren't open and it just we got out of routine. So Friday, I was like, I'm going to go for a run. It was a beautiful day. Haven't run here before and here in Nebraska. And so I put my running shoes on and stepped out and just took off up the dirt road. So we live at the end of about a mile and a half long dirt road out here in the middle of nowhere. And so I took off and I'm running and the, and the weather was perfect and the wind felt great. And I noticed how much oxygen there is because we're at half the altitude that we were at Casper. So Casper's around 5,300 feet, North Platte's around 2,600. So... I was just bathed in oxygen, and it felt great. And I got up to the paved part of the road, which is a little over a mile away, like I said. And I kind of stopped to catch my breath and re just kind of reset, figure out which direction I was going to go because I'm not familiar with the area very well yet. And the wind brought this whole bunch of sensations to me. The sun and the grass and the wind brought this sort of, sort of smell and sound. And I looked over, and I was standing next to a field that has a beautiful herd of Hereford cattle. If you've never seen a Hereford, they're they're just gorgeous. They're red, white faces. They're really pretty. And it took me back to my childhood. I just sort of all of a sudden became a little boy. And I remembered this times, lots of times that I spent with my grandfather on my dad's side, who was a cattle rancher. Now, we called him Daddy Paw. Daddy Paw, uh, his name was Emmett, Robert Emmett Warren. And he was a cattle rancher and a storekeeper and all kinds of different things that he did in his life. But but he had a, a bull breeding operation. And he had Herefords and Angus and Santa Gertrudas and limousines and all kinds of different bulls that he raised. But when I was a kid, I would go out there with him and he'd hold my hand. We'd walk through the field and look around and he'd say, look at that calf over there. Look at that heifer over there. And he would show me things. And the smell of freshly cut alfalfa kind of mixed with that smell that you that you smell when you're around cattle is a whole bunch of different sounds and smells and just sort of got in my brain and took me back. I remember when he would cut the twine, he would help let me cut the twine off a bale of hay and we'd drop, drop it out of the truck as we drove across the pasture to get the cattle to follow him up to the barn when he needed to do something with them. And I remembered his sister, uh, my great aunt Hallie, who was almost six feet tall and rail thin, just a beautiful, strong country woman. And she would come to visit 
I think she lived in Washington State now that I think of it, but she would come to visit once or twice a year, and I'd go over there, and, it, and my parents would take me over there, and Aunt Hallie always wore floor-length dresses, and she would she was pretty eccentric, but also a really hard worker, and you'd drive over there, and she'd be up on the roof fixing shingles or doing some kind of work in the yard, and Aunt Hallie taught me how to fish. She taught me how to dig nightcrawler worms out from under the magnolia trees, and my daddy paused yard and she taught me how to use a cane pole and put a worm on a hook and we'd go out to the little pond that my grandfather had and catch perch and she'd toss them she thought it was hilarious to toss a few perch in the trough where the cattle drank and we'd put a few in there and watch them swim around and then the cows would come up and drink and they would just slurp those fish down and they'd all be gone and Hallie thought that was hilarious so i'm standing there in 2020 in nebraska And I realized something, that when I drove up the dirt road that my parents lived on where I grew up, in 1987 when I graduated high school, I drove off that property, drove all the way to Oklahoma City in my blue Thunderbird, that when I hit that pavement and kept going all the way to college in Oklahoma City, I never went back. And until two weeks ago, I've never lived on a dirt road again since 1987. I went off to the city and I kept getting farther from home and God blessed me with amazing opportunities to go and get good education at Oklahoma Christian University and the University of Oklahoma Medical School. And then I went off to Pittsburgh and I got just incredibly blessed to get one of just a very few spots every year to train in neurological surgery. And I got to train with some of the most world-famous brain surgeons and spinal microsurgeons, pioneers and founders of really important breakthroughs in medicine, Takanori Fukushima and Peter Janetta and my personal mentor, Joe Maroon, and lots of others. I just, I learned from the best. This kid from Broken Bow, Oklahoma, got to go off and train with these world-class surgeons, and it was amazing. I'm so blessed and so grateful for that. They taught me step-by-step how to save lives and make people better when they were hurting, just like Aunt Hallie showed me how to bait, you know, how to bait a hook and catch a fish. And then in 2001, I was on active duty at Wilford Hall Air Force Medical Center in San Antonio when the Twin Towers fell. And all of a sudden, I went from a kid who got a scholarship from the Air Force in peacetime to go to medical school to being on active duty in a military installation during a time of war. And three years later, I got on a C-130 and went off to Iraq. And I used all those things that they taught me, all those lessons that I learned from those guys about how to take care of people, and all those lessons about hard work from my daddy pa, who was a cattle rancher, and my other granddad, we called him granddad, Eli Voiles, my mom's dad, who was a pipeliner and my mother and my father and the faith and the hope that they instilled in me. And all of that helped me survive the mortars and the bloodshed, and we made it through. And in the 33 years since I drove off my parents' driveway and away from small-town Oklahoma life, I've been all over the world. Neurosurgery has been very good to me. I've been through a lot of hard things, though, and you have too. But I've survived because of faith because of Lisa's love, our family's love and support. And I learned how to write about what I'm feeling, and that's helped me survive too. And that's why I'm talking to you right now. And in all that time, while I was practicing big city medicine, God kept moving us to smaller and smaller places. I never, I didn't see it for a while. We spent 11 years in Auburn, Alabama, and then almost five years in Casper, Wyoming, and then down to North Platte, Nebraska. But it wasn't until Friday that I realized something really important, which is what we were going to talk about today. 
God used all that time to prepare me and Lisa for coming here to this place, North Platte, Nebraska, to serve a people very much like the ones I grew up around, around the people I'm very comfortable around, farmers and ranchers and hunters and people who work the earth. They're my people. As we went to meeting after meeting over the past two weeks and these incredible professionals at Great Plains Health, I I wish y'all could know them. We got this amazing CEO, Mel McNay, Chief Operating Officer Ivan Mitchell, who just has been amazing and helped me so much get this thing off the ground. And we got so many others, Marsha and Fiona and Danny and Chris and Linda and Rayanne and just over a jewel and star. It's an unbelievable team. So many people working hard together to, to bring a new service line to this place. We heard so many stories over the last two weeks of people, even people who work at Great Plains Health, who've been touched and hurt over the years by the lack of a neurosurgeon here. There was a lady whose husband had a brain bleed last year and has a shunt, and he's had multiple shunt failures, and he's been life-lighted out of this hospital several times in the last year. She said, I'm so thankful that you're here. Another nurse who has a kid who's got a brain tumor, and he's been flown out of here when his shunt failed a couple of times. She said, I'm so grateful. We've been praying that we would get a neurosurgeon someday. A man who lost his wife to brain cancer just last year. It just became crystal clear as we listened to all of these stories that God didn't move us to North Platte, Nebraska, just for us. And so I realized I've come full circle. I was raised on my dad's side, by my grandfather on my dad's side, who was a rancher, who loved his land and loved his people. And he raised his sons to be businessmen and leaders. And on my mom's side, these pipeliners and these guys that worked hard with their hands and they went off on long journeys to work and earn a living for their families. And these strong women who stayed home and raised their kids and taught them to be God-fearing, good people. That's who my people were. And now I'm back in the land of ranchers and farmers and people who made the land their own, but they use it to serve others, to put food on all of our tables. These are my people, and they needed us here. And it dawned on me that this move wasn't just about me. Every once in a while, if you're paying attention, friend, you will recognize that the thing that's going around you, the thing that's happening around you, isn't just about you. I recently read a remarkable book. I've talked about it before. Christine Kane wrote a wonderful book called Unexpected. And in it, she had this line that really has stuck with me. Just because it happens to you doesn't mean it's about you. Just because it happens to you does not mean that it's about you. And here's the deal. We can get so caught up in our own experiences, our own circumstances, and the painful things that are happening in our lives that we can forget that God is sovereign, that he's in control, and he always has a plan. And that plan doesn't just include us. Right now, the world's on fire. People are in the streets. Cities are burning. Crazy stuff is happening. And the reason that stuff happens is when you focus on what's happened to you and you let yourself get offended and you let yourself get hurt and you focus on that and you can't see anything else, then everything seems un- out of control and un-okay. Un-okay, I just made that up. Listen, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven talks about how God has a plan for us. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And the thing is, we can... Forget that that's not, that that verse isn't written to an individual person. It does apply to you individually, but it's written to everyone. It was written at the time to the entire nation. God has a plan for all of us. 
And so when you recognize that he's talking to everyone, you stop focusing on yourself as much and you start focusing on everybody and what's good for everyone. I finished my run that day. I was pushed along by the wind and the warm memories of my daddy paw's cattle and my new connection with this land. And I hugged Lisa really tight and I told her I was home, that we were finally home. So God has carefully, over the years, prepared us to live here in this great place. He strengthened us through war and divorce and post-traumatic stress and the loss of a child and the loss of Lisa's mom through all the painful things that happened that made us realize we had to leave Casper where we thought we'd be forever. We built a home there. He brought us to the banks of the same river, the same water that comes out of Casper, runs down the North Platte across Nebraska and across Colorado. And into, I'm sorry, across Wyoming and across into Nebraska. And he shaped us all through that so that we would be able to care for the great people here, to not be afraid of starting a neurosurgery program from the ground up. He brought us here with this amazing team and put us around people that are ready to do this great work together. And I said all that to say this. I want you, friend, to take a minute to connect all the dots in your life and to recognize, like I talked about way back in the second episode of this podcast, I think, when we talked about Fibonacci numbers, everything that's happened in your life, God has added those things together to put you right where you are right now. And he did it not just for you, but he did it because you've got a great work to accomplish in your life. And that's why it's so important to learn how to be happier because if you're if you let yourself enjoy the time that you're spending on this earth you can see things more clearly you recognize that the circumstances aren't going to ruin your life that they're going to define it and shape it and mold you and help you be ready for whatever it is that god has in store for you in the way that he intends for your life to matter to other people because you're not just here for you now don't get me wrong let me take an aside here I know that not everybody had a great past. They don't want to look back and be thankful for the things that have happened. It's hard. If you had an abusive parent, if you had a a painful divorce in your past, if you had a childhood where you were not safe or not well or you were, you know, destitute or had some kind of big problem, then it may be hard for you to look back and be thankful for the path that led you to where you are now. I understand that. So don't get me wrong. Not everybody had this idyllic childhood or some eccentric aunt that taught them how to fish. Nope, not everybody had that. But recognize this, friend. No matter what you went through, God got you through it. And you are here now listening to this podcast. So all that stuff added up to you being where you are now. And you're where you are now because of God's plan to prosper you and not to harm you. And so I need you to understand that it's important to separate your emotional state from your circumstance, and that's how you become happier and able to be resilient to whatever it is that comes across in your life. Now, when I was watching those cows, I did smell some things that weren't so pleasant because when you've got cows, you also have manure. There always is, right? There's always a little bit of manure. But here's the deal. Manure turns into fertilizer if you use it properly. And it helps things grow. If you focus on the sweet smelling stuff, the good stuff, and recognize that you got to spread the manure around too and use it as fertilizer and use it to help you grow, then you'll always be able to find that place where you can still be happy no matter what's going on. Remember Christine said, just Christine Kane said, just because it happens to you doesn't mean it's about you. Well, let me give you Warren's corollary to that. If you spend all your time thinking about what's happening to you, you won't be able to see what God is trying to do 
through you. If you're too, if you're too focused on what's happening to you, you can't see what God wants to do through you. And that's what happened to me on Friday when I realized that I'm not here. Lisa's not here. We didn't come to Nebraska just for us. This isn't just about us. And friend, whatever you're going through, whatever God's giving you or has done for you, it's not just about you. And that's the secret to being infinitely happier. It's flipping that switch where you realize that your life is not just about you and that you've got to be able to be at peace so that you can stop focusing on what's happening to you and start focusing on what you need to do to help other people around you. That's the secret. That's it. Listen, you've got to be able to see what God is trying to do through you instead of focusing on what's happening to you. Listen, this is good self-care, okay? It's self-brain surgery. It is biblical, all of this. It's consistent with neuroscience, learning how to focus not on just what's happening to you and not just on all the random, crazy, negative thoughts that are popping up in your head all the time because those are always going to focus you on the circumstance, What God wants you to do is focus on the plan. He will reveal it to you. This is good self-care, friend. It will help. But if you want it to help, you have to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day. Thousand tongues to lift one cry.
Cross green transformation and I'll be cruel. 